Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, wait, have you still never seen Paddington? Or, whoa, 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 you've never seen Spring Breakers? Or, how have you not seen Legally Blonde? Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us for this week's episode. I'm your co-host, Caroline Thompson. And I am Carson Betts. And this is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. Then we go and watch the movie. And we talk about it some more. It's going to be a really good time. A great time. So... Knowing the knowing the people who uh, currently work on this podcast, I am yeah. just going to hop into it because I, I think a lot of us are going to have a lot of things to say about this movie. So I am just going to hop into it and just say, Carson, how the hell have you not seen Legally Blonde? Um, no, I, um, this is, we've talked about this before on this show. I've, I've discussed this. I mean, we've, we've discussed this like at length in, in our real life lives interactions. And I, I think certainly it has come up on the show before, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a theater kid. We are all theater kids. It is the greatest shame that we all share. <laughs> I am, I am so much of a theater kid. I have a master's of fine arts in acting, in theatrical acting. I am a trained theatrical actor. And my musical knowledge, my like general musical knowledge is uh, pitiful, is like real, real bad. Um, so I have, there have been years of my life in which people are like, well, you never saw Chicago? You never saw, you never saw Legally Blonde? Like I, I just, I, I've been, like annoying people because I just listened to Hades Town like two weeks ago, and and you know what? Everyone was right. It's great. It's my favorite thing. It's all. It's the old. The Hades Town soundtrack is the only thing I can think of right now. It's literally the only thing I can think of. It's so ingrained in my brain. But I'm also like a year and a half late to it. Right. So that being said, I, I, I've missed a lot. I'm behind. I'm sure that when I was like. I don't know. This may or may not be true because like I fucking loved, you know, uh, like sound and music when I was a kid. So I, I don't know. Maybe when I was a kid, I was like, oh, that's girl stuff, uh, you know, but I, I don't know. There's no specific reason. Nothing okay, against no. this movie. I think I'm going to like it. I, I think you probably are just because it's a, a pretty kick-ass movie, but I, I do have to ask Carson. Mm. Um... You do you know that the movie is not a musical? What? Did you know that the movie's not a musical? It's not a musical. <laughs> no. <I'm... laughs> wait, so the musical wait, 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 so the musical is just like it's it's Yeah, like it's an adaptation. Fucking... Oh. oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know oh, that. Oh damn it. I'm sorry, I have to jump in here. This is the best thing I've ever heard. This is, I mean, this is spectacular. Oh. It, of the movie adaptations, it is probably the closest, like, one-to-one. Like, you can really put the songs into the movie and not much would change. But it is fantastic that you thought the movie was a musical. And, of course, folks who are listening right now, that is our producer, Corey, who also has a Master's of Fine Arts in the theater. Yeah. I'm the I'm only one who doesn't. It's on this happen. film podcast yeah it'll yeah, fucking I, happen well this is the I, <laughs> but, I should say this is the this relates directly to the you can us having a film podcast and, and being um like academically trained theater practitioners i think di- like directly relates to 
the multiple conversations I had with my thesis advisor when she would tell me, uh, so this is like barely a theater paper. This is really more of like a media studies and communications paper. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I, yeah, oh, I God. Honestly, yeah. I, honestly, I don't know. Like I, as you were going, as you were going, I like, so for both Carson and our listeners, I did not know. I had no idea that you thought a move, the movie was a musical until right now. Yeah, I I guess it yeah. never came up, did it? I no, I it, it really didn't. And um, like you were going on, and in my brain, I was like literally like, oh my god, like do I say something? Like like do I ask right now oh. on Mike and catch his reaction of him figuring it out, or do we wait until later? and have you come back just utterly bewildered but yeah. <laughs> so i mean i guess I, I guess this leads us very well into the next segment of the show which is when i ask carson carson what do you know or what do you think you know about okay. legally blonde everything's a lie now um <laughs> i i okay i too I do think I know a lot about this because I do, I think I've definitely, because of the musical, I think that I've absorbed a lot of this through cultural osmosis in the, in the halls of of various theater departments. Um, So it's about a young woman. Her name is Elle Woods. She is blonde and she likes the color pink. She's like a girl girl and she's dating a boy and everybody's like, thinks she's a dumb airhead because she's like a girl girl and she's blonde. And then the boy like breaks, like they break up or like, it's something romantically. Like she can't date this boy because he's like, you don't know nothing. You're just, a, your head's full of cotton. You're a dumb airhead. And then she goes to law school basically to like <laughs> whoop his ass in the place and, <laughs> and prove him wrong. And then the, the movie's about her in law school and then like opening up a legal practice yeah um yeah that's that's almost exactly it Um, hell yeah yeah um that's that's pretty much exactly the plot of the movie um obviously a lot of nuances that aren't there um but yeah no i mean that is the plot of the movie also um it does not have any moments in the film when the characters diegetically break out into song and dance uh, <laughs> well, well that, that's a hey hey well now you're just hey now you're yeah caroline we're just fucking bringing up a larger question in theater studies which is in musicals are the songs diegetic so uh uh maybe we don't even want to step into that maybe, <laughs> maybe don't fair enough Carson feels like a dummy you know what um i am gonna weigh in very quickly on on that philosophical question and answer right. who cares yeah yeah <laughs> it, doesn't matter um it is a nonsense question but anyway um (laughs) cool so um yeah i don't know um producer Corey, you have to have something to say about all of this yeah (laughs) throw it over to you real quick i um i am (laughs) just purely in shock and awe um I, I think I heard Carson say at the tail end they open up a legal practice. I just want to make I sure. I did say that. Does that not happen? Correct. Uh, no, I just want to make sure that I, I have everything. To, I'm taking. I'm yeah. taking thorough notes. Um, no, Carson, <laughs> it's. I I just you brought me more joy than I have felt the year and a half, and I I could not say thank you enough. Oh my big dumb. I I'm so stoked about this movie. This is. Full disclosure, uh, this is the episode I'm most excited for all season. Uh, Legally Blonde is a perfect film, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very excited to to oh, hear what man. Carson thinks. I'm excited too. Awesome. Well, in, in that case, Carson, is there is there anything else you know about Legally Blonde, or anything we can uh, we can cover before we move into our little game? Oh my god, oh my god, you guys. Let's do the games. Do MTI, the games. sponsor us. <laughs> do the MTI, sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, let's do the fucking game. That is a joke for three people. Yeah. <laughs> and they are all on this Zoom call. They are all on the Zoom call. Oh my god. 
Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, if there's nothing else for us to cover, um, we are going to move into our little game. Um, and this week we are playing a little game that I love to play, which I think is great for a film like this because for so many reasons. Um, one, this film really is... Elle Woods is our protagonist. That is, there's no question about that. But who the second lead of this movie is, is a big question. It's like you have Elle Woods and then you have like a whole ass supporting cast around her. Um, not only that, but because the film um, focuses on kids who are about in grad school age, they're all uh, in law school. It is a lot of young folks. Um, mm. The cast of this film is, is, deceptively really stacked um so with that said we are going to play a game of recast it oh yeah in which um typically we would pick the five top build actors but this movie has such an impressive cast i'm bending those rules a little bit um but we are going to pick five of the main actors in the film and Carson not having seen the film although now I can tell you you do not have to take singing voice into the equation when you're choosing your actors but Russell Crowe and cool good but you can you, you, you can um so Carson is going to having not seen the film uh recast it based on um just what he thinks would make a good fit. And then when we come back from the break, we'll kind of dissect some of his picks and see if they work nice. out. So um, number one, the first person is of course, Reese Witherspoon as Elle Woods. Okay, so I got this one immediately because I thought of it as soon as I was like, oh, this is the game we're playing. Uh, so, 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 I mean, Anna Ferris, like Anna Ferris, right? Like Anna Ferris. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, that's look, not bad. That's I'm not going bad. pure off the, the house bunny. Like I'm. This is this is me diving off of the house bunny. But yeah, on a fair. Definitely right there. She's yeah. in the pocket. Yeah. She's, she was right there, waiting to be to be picked. I think. No, honestly, yeah. It it would not surprise me if you know, because there's all of those stories in Hollywood of like, oh my God, they asked all of these actors beforehand or they were talking to all of mm -hmm. these actors and only one gets the role it wouldn't surprise me if Anna Ferris was on some kind of list whether it was someone who passed someone they were considering or someone who was like oh god if Reese doesn't take it I guess we can talk to Ferris but yeah, I'm dating Chris Pratt yeah gross um <laughs> Anna Ferris, you are better than that um yeah Next is, um, let me see here. Next is Vivian, originally played by Selma Blair. Selma Blair? What was Selma Blair in? Do I not know Selma uh, Blair? Probably, Selma I mean, Blair. I guess not. She's, she's in a lot of stuff. I mean, this is like the big thing I know her from. Um, oh, she's in she was Cruel in, Intentions. Yes, with Hell Reese Boy. Witherspoon and, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, 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 okay. I know nothing about this character. I'm going almost totally off of like just a feeling I got when I looked at the image of this woman. And also I think that, I mean, we don't, and we don't strictly keep to this, but I think at this point in her career, the actress I'm about to say would be roughly the right age for this. Um, I'm gonna go with Anna Paquin. Oh, I mean, look, Anna Paquin can do anything, frankly. I think she's oh great. Oh, God. Yeah. So, like, put her in there because she can be. Because, look, I've seen her. I mean, look, I've seen fucking Squid and the Wheel, Whale. I've seen Margaret. I've seen uh, the first three X Men movies. She, she plays, <laughs> you know, like young, like high school and early college aged women well with a lot of um, sort of nuance and complexity. And so, yeah, Anna Packham. No, yeah, that's that's not a bad choice. Um, it is one of those things where, I mean, again, Anna Paquin can do uh, a lot of different stuff. So I could see her pulling it off. It is not a role I've ever seen Anna Paquin uh, attempt, this kind of like mm. archetype. But um, that would not be bad. 
Next is Paulette, originally played by Jennifer Coolidge. I don't know, I don't know Jennifer Coolidge either. I'm Jennifer. short my ass on this game, y'all. Jennifer Coolidge. Who is Jennifer Coolidge? Jennifer Coolidge is a person that I uh, uh, don't know. She was in. She was Stifler's mom. Oh my. Okay. All right. No, so I have an angle on this. I have an angle angle on this. Okay. So if this woman was Stifler's mom in American Pie, that means that she is the original milk, right? E- sure. If this is a, this sure. is this is my thesis. This is my thesis. Is that if that is the case, then we need to go with another uh, attractive older actress uh and you know what i was thinking about her earlier today it's it's random boom boom okay yeah yeah i'll give you susan sarandon i'll give you susan sarandon um she's versatile she's versatile yeah she could pull it off um kind of a different take but she could pull it off definitely um Next is Professor Callahan, originally played by one of my favorites, Victor Garber. Oh, okay. 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 No, I do know him. The original Jesus in Godspell on Broadway. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's a, he's a Broadway guy. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at him. Right musicals. Doing, yeah, he was Anthony Hope in Sweeney Todd. He was an assassin. Yeah, so he's a, he's a Broadway guy. Okay, um... Who, uh, well, hmm, Lord, um, you know what? Oh, oh, okay, okay. You know what? You know what? Let's do another uh, Broadway movie crossover guy. Let's go with uh, Nathan Lane. Oh, <laughs> Let's put Nathan Lane in there. Let's see what that does. <laughs> that um, that just wickedly changes um the role in a way that um i think almost almost ruins it but we can talk oh. about that later we can talk about that later um, you know what that's what i thought was going to happen when he was in angels in america and you know guess what i was wrong so who knows that's fair he, he was roy Cohn, right mm-hmm. that is insane. oh yeah i watched that, the bootleg, that whole thing on youtube it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good it, it weird casting but it kind of worked yeah, I could, I could see it. Um, and lastly is Professor Stromwell, originally played by Holland Taylor. You're giving me all people I don't know on this one. Oh my god, who's you Holland Taylor? You know all these people, though. You know all these people. Oh, I know her. She's the, yeah, she's um married to Sarah Paulson, isn't she? She sure yes, is. Yes, she is. That is what her yeah, and that's what her Wikipedia says. Okay. Oh, oh, uh, fucking, you know who I'm really, uh, Gene Smart. Say that again? Gene Smart. Oh, okay. Similar yeah. age, just, you see Hacks yet, by the way? No, I've not. It's, it's excellent. You love it. Hey, a message for everyone out there. If you have HBO Max, uh, go watch Hacks. It's great. Excellent. Well, um, certainly providing us with some interesting choices for um for an alternate cast and i just want to highlight um a few of the actors that i left off um is luke wilson um, oh, wow. emmett um he is one of the the higher build people but i just think he's less interesting no offense to luke wilson it's just you have Holland taylor and victor garber down there you want to i wanted to fan out some of that we also have ali larder as brooke Wyndham and mm. linda cardellini in from what i can tell her first theatrical film role she has a few made for tv movies and she is let me see here freaks and geeks yes of course freaks and geeks oh yeah and, um she was in a film before this um, in a, I believe, unnamed role in the film Dead Man on Campus, which was sure. like kind of like a gross out teen college comedy that um, has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, had a $14 million budget, and grossed $15 million. Oh. So, like, if they bought a bus ad for that movie, they lost money. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. um, I'm so- glad. For, I'm for glad most... that you. Go ahead. Sorry, 
I'm glad that you didn't bring up Luke Wilson because I would have just, yeah, I would have went with Owen because, you know, that's just a direct upgrade, I think. And then Linda Cardinelli also, because uh, uh, she's irreplaceable and I would never, never do that. Yeah, really. No, I mean, 110%. Um, and yeah, that's the thing is like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is her first film role. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, Corey, just any any quick thoughts on Carson's cast list? We can uh, We can dissect this a little bit more as we come back but like any initial knee-jerk reactions to that i mean nathan lane is just a standout for for professor callahan <laughs> uh when i when i heard you say victor garber i was mad that we told him it was a, it wasn't a musical because i think that would have really made some fun uh some fun influences along the way but uh on a ferris love it could not agree more um oh yeah yeah and gene smart gene smart also great uh he's rules yeah she's the queen of hbo now do you know that she's the queen of HBO? I too, they, they they crowned her. I too have not watched Hacks, but I, I'm very it's excited. Very good. You should both watch it. It's it's excellent. Well, maybe maybe while we take a break, I'll try to squeeze in a viewing of that. But in the meantime, we are going to take a little break, and when we come back, we will have all watched some of us for the first time, some of us <laughs> for the nine hundredth time. <laughs> we will have watched Legally Blonde. Hell yeah! Let's go. All right, we will see you folks after the break. We are back. We're back. Uh, So Carson. Yes. You just watched Legally Blonde for the first time. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. The film that is notoriously not a musical. (laughs) Yeah. And what did you think? Um, You know what? Uh, A thematically appropriate answer here, I think, to put it briefly, my expectation is that I would like the musical more. Really? Yeah. That's my guess. Like, well, okay, well, let's, let's put that in perspective. So like, what did you, so like, how do you feel about this film? I think it's fine. Uh, six out of 10. I look, okay, here, let me, let me give you, let me just, what? let's get this. Let's get this. <laughs> wow. Okay. I knew, no, this is literally, I finished watching this last night and I turned to my roommate and I was like, this is going to be a bloodbath tomorrow. <laughs> I am so scared. <laughs> um, let me just this is a this is a bad take that i'm gonna get absolutely wrecked for it's it's a hot one and i feel bad for even saying it because i know this film is beloved and frankly i get why it's beloved like i i, I get it from the outside it it's i'm not saying this that this thing is poorly made it is clearly a work with a lot of artistic merit all the actors are really tuned into what's going on here the direction is pretty good except for like there's this one dutch angle that really confused me in the middle of it but like it's all pretty well tuned and i get why people like it and it's really quite well written as well my fundamental issue with this film is that i don't like the main character and i think that a lot of the movie is built around you needing to be in love with el woods and i'm just not Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I quit. Find, really your, find yourself a new producer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm so okay. Sorry. Well, um, let's get into, let's put a, 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 a pin in that and let's yeah. revisit our game really quickly. But now, like, yes. Now I kind of, like, I, I do want to get back to the game, but I kind of want to breeze through that because I, I just need to hear more. Um, so we played a game It's not of that complex. It. Yes. <laughs> we played a game of Recast It. And, um, Corey, could you remind us of who Carson picked? Absolutely. For the listeners at home. Absolutely. For Elle Woods, Carson picked Anna Ferris. For Vivian, uh, he picked Anna Paquin. Is that how you say her name? Yes. Uh, for Paulette, he picked Susan Sarandon. My personal favorite recast it. Uh, for Professor Callahan, he picked Nathan Lane. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> and Insane. for Professor Stromwell, he picked Gene Smart. Which works, okay. I think. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that one's probably, I think that one, okay. If you were to, if you were to try and to make this movie, if you were to try to make the legally blonde that exists, I think that currently exists, I think that Gene Smart is the one you can slide in there with your casting choices and it changes mm-hmm. it the least and it kind of breaks yeah. the movie the least. Um, I think uh, Nathan Lane, <laughs> Nathan Lane in it, no universe works as Callahan, no. but that's funny. Um, I actually think that this is actually a good jumping off point. Um, I don't think Anna Paquin really works as Vivian. No, oh, I, I think, think she, she kind of could. Do it. She could probably she could. do it, but I think it changes the role. But anyway, sure. um, uh, Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon could not do this Paulette, but she could do a version of Paulette that would be okay. She could um, do a Paulette. But the thing that I want to say is, <laughs> I wonder. So I personally think Anna. Not that Anna Ferris couldn't do Elle Woods, but I think an Anna Ferris take on Elle Woods is a very different thing. And I almost wonder if you have Anna Ferris's version of Elle Woods, if you almost like if that's not almost the movie you want this to be, Carson. I you know honestly I think he a kind of. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I was midway through again, because I watched, I'll probably reference it. I watched both this and next week's movie because, uh, you know, we do these out of order. Um, put, put a tally on the counter how we say my, we do these out of order. Um, <laughs> take with, a shot with every my time roommate, say. take a shot every time we say we record these wildly out of order. Um, I need to legally but... say that uh, people should not take a shot when they do that because <laughs> we will legally... get sued for wrongful. Yes. Uh, yes. Take a shot of water every time. Keep yourself hydrated uh, because hydration is important. Uh, but <clears throat> the thing that I midway through, because like we paused it because one of us had to go to the bathroom or whatever. And the thing I said was I like was one, I was like, I think I'd like this better as a musical for a number. Of, and one, like I, I see why this is a movie that can be so logically adapted into a musical. And then two, I think I'd like it better as a musical because like, this thing has the pace of a musical. Like it is, it is breathless, breathless, breathless until it hits a, a point of, you know, like emotional, this is emotional bigness. Let's call it that, which I was like, okay. And here is where the song goes. And here's where the song goes. And then we have patter, 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 as she studies for the LSATs. And then here is where the song goes. Like, and the characters are not absurd, but they are, they are big enough that they could be very easily adapted into what the musical version of these characters have to be. Right. And I think personally, I kept wanting this movie to be either. I just kept wanting it to be a little bit more ridiculous. Like I wanted it to be a little bit more blown out of proportion. Cause then I think I could have gotten on its wavelength a little more. And my expectation is just because of what is necessarily necessary to do to a story, to adapt it into a musical for the most part. I think that that is probably the product that would be delivered to me. But to your point, I think that like, I don't know, or maybe even the kind of less artistically merited, but also just raunchier and more outrightly ridiculous house bunny version of this might be more my taste. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think you're right about that, Caroline. I think you're right about that. Right, because in the when we first when we first like started talking about the game, and you mentioned Anna Ferris, I was kind of mm-hmm. like, oh no, that would like no way, like that's a bad, yeah, like, you know. And and I think the I think the distinction there is, I mean, Anna Ferris is very good um, at her job. Yeah. Um, frequently, Anna Ferris's roles are kind of the butt of the joke. Like mm-hmm. Anna Ferris plays a lot of roles like in the House Bunny and the scary movies where it's like it's like she's you know the she is the dumb blonde. Um I mean mm-hmm. in scary movies, she has dark hair, but like that's the role she plays. And the frequently the joke is that like these things are going on on around her and she's too stupid to under to like yeah. to know what's happening and she's like and she's like naive and you know, frequently the butt of the joke. Whereas in this movie, it's less that it is the less that Elle Woods is 
unintelligent and doesn't know what's going on. And it's more that she's just, she's just a fish out of water. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is just, this just isn't her world. And she's very competent and she's very like put together and she knows what she's doing. And she's like a pretty fully, like, as far as this movie can go, she's a pretty like fully realized like human being. And she's mm-hmm. not, she's not, you know, she's not otherworldly stupid. She, she just like has not been a part of this world before. And so I think that's like, I think the Anna Ferris version is more of a, you know, is more of a, um, look at this idiot fumble through, like, look at her foibles yeah. as she fumbles through th- this movie until she finally figures it out. But I don't know. I feel like that almost like breaks the movie because that's so much of like it- what so much of what makes this movie good and i think one of the reasons why it has a lot more of a following 20 years after it came out is while kind of being like a prototypical like yes queen girl power girl boss movie it isn't a movie in where the um the pretty blonde girly girl has to like has to overcome that you know that's not a character flaw that's actually what like obviously leads her like to save the day and i think that's why this movie is more beloved than a lot of movies from this era mm-hmm. so i yeah yeah no i get it and whether but no exactly and you're you're 100 right because like ferris would play the joke of like you said her fumbling through it but witherspoon plays the character with a tremendous amount of dignity and respect like she never plays stupidity she plays misunderstanding and i i i get it like i understand like i do get why people like that and why it is effective and it is the correct choice for this movie um and were you to slot in a different any different actress with any different take in the character the movie just doesn't work it's just it's not what the movie's trying to say um and this is like also look this is the, the I absolutely 100% think that this is very much just the fact that I'm like straight dude. Like I I think 100%. I disagree 100%. I disagree. Well, I I am also a heterosexual man. I think this movie is fucking perfect. My particular, let's say it this way. My particular straight dudeness. (laughs) No, my particular straight dudeness and I felt like a shithead, like every time I was annoyed by, like, cause I, I, I can from the outside understand like why this works as a, as a somewhat feminist text. Like I get it. And I felt like a shithead every time Elwoods would do something, I'd be annoyed by it because I know that the point of the movie is that like dumb men like me don't take her seriously. Like I get it. I, I, and I was, <laughs> you know, it was, it was pissing me off how much I didn't like her, you know, but also I can't, I can't change the way that I feel. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So this this movie confounded me. I, if you had told me the most confounding movie of the season for me would be Legally Blonde, I would not have believed you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, if 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 there was going to be a movie, if you would have told me that the movie we uh, the movie we disagree the furthest on is Legally Blonde, mm-hmm. I never, I never would have guessed that. Like, like yeah. we did Spring Breakers three weeks ago, and that's just like yes. a, 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 a dense, like purposefully confounding movie. Yes. And like, if, if so far, this is what, episode five, four, whatever it is, but like, if, if this far in, like relatively early into the season, you were to tell me that the most, uh, <laughs> the movie, our, our, our opinions would be most at conflict uh, with each other would be legally blonde, I don't think I would have believed you. Absolutely. Okay. Can I, can I balance the scales a bit? Can I talk about some things in this movie that I love? Yes, please. Of course. Okay. Okay. Principally number one, top tier number one. And I now, I feel bad for even recasting her at all. Like it, it is now profane to me that I wouldn't even consider to do that. But Jennifer Coolidge is so fucking good in this movie yeah. is so good is like, pitching a level of comedic acting that I so rarely see that is so both so highly specific but playing such a broad joke in, incredible simply incredible love Paulette love that character best character in the movie 
end end of her first scene I turned to my roommate and was like all right why is the movie not about her I just want the movie to be about her <laughs> like I, I I want every minute of this movie to just be about Paulette and her life and her and her dreams and her getting together with the UPS guy was amazing and it made me so happy um her breaking his nose was the biggest was like the biggest laugh out loud moment for me in the movie she's great she's so wonderful Sarandon would uh not be no would not be good would be bad would be actively actively bad I think I like I think it's kind of similar to Al Woods I don't think that given what the text of that character is I don't think that most actors would play that character with the amount of heart and dignity that makes her really pop right uh but but Coolidge does. She's fantastic. I love her. Uh, like I said, I like the direction. This thing is, man, it moves. Man, it moves. Man, it communicates information well. Um, it's it's pretty well written. Everything's really tight. Um, oh man, who else? I I mean, I do the moments in the movie where it's just making fun of rich people and like the foibles of the wealthy. I was into because that's just like you know, these shitty rich people. I, but I don't know. I, the moment in which it's, uh, you know, it's Elwood's given the speech right at the end and her dad has the martini in his hand at the speech was maybe the second biggest time I laughed. And it's like <laughs> such a little background gag. And I like, right. and again, another reason why I think it works as musical is that a lot of the jokes in this movie are like solely visual um, and work really well for that reason. Um, I mean, I do like, I like the general sort of upbeat, lightly feminist nature of this movie, how like, I, I like, I do not like a lot of it in practice, because like I said, I don't like the character, I find her to be annoying, but I like that sort of the mission of Elle Woods <laughs> is to not judge, like, she, she gives no judgment towards <sighs> anyone who doesn't deserve it, like, she is 100% just about self, like, self-betterment. And, and like, yeah, you can, you know, you, you can help yourself and you can be loved and like, and you deserve to be, you know, I like that. I like that that is sort of a, that's a feeling that pervades the entire movie. Uh, what else? I mean, I, I, I want to cut in here for a second go, and go, say that um, I am actively working on our uh, building our patreon right now as you're saying this and i think mm. we have to watch the musical for our patreon i, th- oh, yeah. I just think we have to <laughs> sure yeah. yeah i would do um, that i would do yeah, that let's do and it. you heard it here i'm first, so interested folks. in li- also be on the lookout we'll be launching that sometime next month or something Very soon yeah we will <laughs> um I'm so fascinated because uh, right after I watched the first one, uh, Mackenzie, my wife and I went on and we watched the second Mm -hmm. and I was like viscerally and physically angry at how different the second one was because Mm -hmm. it is a lot campier and a lot more, um, I think tonally it sits closer to what you want the film to be, Sure, but I think it's substantially worse for it. Caroline, have you seen this? So I actually have not seen the second one. Um, I, I own it um, because I was, when we were prepping for this season, I was buying a bunch of stuff um, on physical media. And weirdly enough, if you go to target.com, um, Legally Blonde on Blu-ray is the same exact price as the Legally Blonde one and two combo pack. So I obviously snagged that instead, but I, I haven't seen it. I do yeah. know that the reviews are I do know that like it is it is much more much less acclaimed with reviews um in terms of like the critics um than the original which I've been meaning to watch it um they are making a third one or at least it's been they announced are. Yes, they are. with it's attached um I don't know if it I don't know what stage it's at but I believe if you look it up on IMDb I do think it has a release date Yeah I think it's next year Yeah there's also the weird off-brand Legally Blondes, where there's like the twin. Yeah, it's like a made-for-TV movie. I think, come in. right? Bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Anyway, weird. um, okay. Wow, I'm so fascinated by this, Carson. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I love. I I I truly love the take of um, of uh, I like how like. I like how I like how it's pop feminist and really good, but if the annoying woman was less annoying, I'm <laughs> <laughs> this 
is why I said, this is why I said, I have never been more afraid to record an episode of this podcast because I know that all my takes are bad. Like, I know they're bad. I do. Well, I'm just... I'm just curious because like <laughs> the thing is is like Carson I know you well enough I I, I know thank the kind you. of person you are I'm not like like Why, you're, thank you're, you're you're a good boy you're you're a oh, good thank boy. you um mm, aren't I though <laughs> my question is just um like I just want to hear like what what about what about her you I mean, like, other than, like, these superficial, oh. like, oh, she likes clothes and high heels and pink and her chihuahua. Like, like Look, tell me about your experience with this, because, like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated because you hit on the point of, like, how much just, like, like dignity she plays it with and how much yes. like, respect for, like, the character and the kind of person, like, both the film and Witherspoon bring to the role. So, like, I'm so fascinated by this. Yeah, because I, I, well, I kept thinking about that too, because I, I don't think that it's any one element in isolation. There are certain things that I can point at and be like, okay, this is like, that's that thing. That is why that is ruffling my feathers. But near the end of the movie, I kept thinking, I'm like, okay, what, what about this character would have to change? What about the performance would have to change about the way that she's presented in the movie would have to change to kind of get me on the level with her. And so I think that it is this kind of peculiar alchemy of things because if, if like, if she was just kind of a traditionally like quote unquote, like dumb blonde who likes clothes and pink, that's not enough to make me dislike her. Um, and I might very well like that character, especially if she's, if the kind of thing that she's played at is, is like, oh yeah, no, I, the reason I like clothes is that I'm very highly specifically knowledgeable about them. And I think that it's important to present yourself well, which is, you know, I believe that that's a good thing. Um, I will say the Chihuahua I hated. The Chihuahua, every second it was on screen, I wanted it to go away. I, uh, it shivered, its face is weird. I don't like it, it creeps me out. The entire second movie is about the Chihuahua. I hate, okay, well the second movie, uh, uh, gets my uh, three thumbs down in hell because I do not like that. Chihuahua um, was bad. Um, there, there was a class thing going on, particularly like I thought it was sort of weird. And this it doesn't really have much to do with the performance per se, but I thought it was kind of weird that like she is so rich, but also she's fighting the rich people like she's not a class traitor but like I don't know like I don't know what the movie's trying to say like if the movie and again this is the like my it's a totally different movie maybe it's kind of what I what I want it to drift into being like if the movie was just more focusedly a pastiche of the upper classes I don't know maybe that would work better for me like the fact that she was so rich I just kind of didn't like I was like what I mean I don't like sorority stuff you know this about me Greek and this is you know because the two of you were in Greek life in college and I was not I, Greek life stuff kind of just as a baseline generally puts me off so there's probably something with that that got me like I I will say and this is again an annoying bad take but like Reese Witherspoon, just man, she moves her eyebrows around a lot and it kind of put me off. Like just kind of part of her facial expressions were sort of weird to me. It's a lot of stuff. It's, there's no one element of it that I can point at and be like, this is the thing. This is if you change it, it quote unquote fucking fixes it for me. It is just like a particular aesthetic thing that is being matched with the way the movie is written that when put together just sort of creates a product that I do not enjoy. And you know what? That's fine. And like I keep saying, I get why people love this movie. I understand why it's beloved. Like I see, I, I both love aspects of it wholeheartedly and see and understand why, you know, the, the kind of central conceit of it would be so enjoyable. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a bunch of stuff. And, you know, I, I'll, I've been canceled now and I understand that and I will show myself out. Goodbye forever. Try, wow. try, try um, out the door. I, I hear everything. I hear everything you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think so much of it is so wrong, but like, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> like I hear it and I'm like, okay, that makes Being sense. That makes same. sense. But like, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just those things like I don't because I don't think I don't think that um I don't know. Uh I think so you, the first thing you brought up about it was the whole like class thing between her mm-hmm. and like the Harvard elites and I think yeah. it's less I think it's less supposed to be like a socioeconomic class thing because obviously she's like they make they make no um like you know they make no like they don't try to disguise the fact at all that she comes from money and that she has money i mean like it's evident in just about like in in just about everything she does i mean like and i think that's also important for kind of the plot too because i mean in order for in order for her to be able to afford that lifestyle she obviously needs to come from money and to like actually Mm -hmm. be like you know as into and like up to date with fashion and and the like um she would have to come from money but also i think a thing too is i think that if you get into if you were to make her like you know if you were to to put a hat on a hat let's say and be like Mm -hmm. well she's she's like this like girly girly like person who loves pink and like she drives like a like a like a cute little car and has a chihuahua but like but she's also like kind of broke and she's you know she's she's just scraping by and doing the best that she can then i think you kind of you don't get the stuff the stuff with her being dismissed and not taken seriously at harvard comes also like also comes at the expense of it being clearly like oh they don't take her seriously because she because specifically she is a woman who likes things that like yeah are marketed to and directed towards women you know what Feminine i mean like, she is yes yeah like like they don't like her because she is like i mean it's very pointed like i don't think anybody mm-hmm. i don't think that was missed on anybody that the that the whole thing is oh she's a dumb girl that's why we yeah. don't like her and the even the women who succeed here like the vivians of the world like they you know they they do the thing um they they're there they have like very little emotion very little femininity they are they are cutthroat they are there mm-hmm. they are there to support the man who's going to be a senator by marrying into that family like that's how that character starts so i think if she- you go ahead Oh, well, when Vivian, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's both, I don't know, it's a little ridiculous, I think, because it's a, it, it is turned around in the, basically the next scene. Um, but like the fact that Vivian uh, sees Elle, uh, you know, being propositioned inappropriately by the professor and blames her for it is, you know, uh, very telling about how these institutions only let women succeed, succeed when they step on the faces of other women. Right. And like, I mean, so I I get your, I get kind of your, I hear your critique about being like, oh, well, like, but she is also rich. And it's like, you're not wrong, but it's, it's, you know, it is, it's, yeah. And she's not as judgmentally rich as, and there is a distinction, like I said, because she's not as portrayed as being nearly as judgmental or hoity-toity as the other rich, rich people. I mean, again, her relationship with Paulette, the fact that she is not phased by, you know, associating with the very clearly, you know, like lower class women that work in the nail salon is, is an important aspect of the character that she doesn't come across as just some rich asshole. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I see that. And that is, uh, again, that's, and I agree with you. That is the, I think the central conceit of the movie, and I imagine why a lot of people love it so much, is that it is just about like, it, it is this sort of response to a meme that became very popular after this movie came out, ironically, which is the kind of like, well, you can only be a feminist if you're not like the other girls, you know? Uh, if you kind of if you kind of throw away everything that is traditionally feminine, like painting clothes and shopping and stuff, uh, then then you can be a respectful member of of society and truly call yourself an equal to the men. And Elwood stands in in stark opposition to that. Um, yeah, and I get it. That's great. And I love. I like that. The, you know what? Hey, there's a movie I don't like very much, but I love that it exists, and I love that people love it. <laughs> I'll yeah, say that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, wow. I I was I was not expecting this in the least. Um, I know. I'm so sorry. 
No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> I just almost like, I, I almost don't even know like where to go from here because. Um, yeah. Yeah. Literally I've, I've utterly, again, that's what I said. I'm canceled because I've utterly brought this podcast to a halt. A screeching, screeching halt. I broke the show. Oh, I broke it. I'm so sorry. Uh, hey, you know, you know what's something, another good thing? Uh, Linda Cardellini's so great. We, I said right? it, I've said right? it so many times, but she, she's great. Her performance is fantastic. She gets like, well, when she first came on screen, I, I, again, I turned to my roommate and I was like, is this all the Linda Cardellini we're going to get? She's like, no, she's important later. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> like, it made me come. I was like, I like, I like this weird perm. I like this look. She's got a, an attitude that I think is funny. And I was glad that she just got to riff on that for a full scene. Uh, that's cool. Um, Nathan Lane as Professor Callahan would utterly destroy this movie, yeah. but you yeah. know, that's, that's what I said about him playing Roy Cohn and that turned out pretty well. So who knows, I put mean, him in the musical, true. let's see how it changes it. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, wow. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> trying to move on here at least okay so like in terms of in terms of like the plot particularly like sure. like the 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 back half with the court case and all that what did you mm-hmm. think like give me your thoughts on that like let's kind of get into the specifics because that's i mean while it's not obviously a conventional courtroom drama and it's by obviously no means as like intense or hard boiled as like you know a lot of the other films that take place in a court i mean that's that's a a lot of this movie obviously yeah Um, yeah okay so linda cardellini let's go Mm -hmm. it's okay so two things one which is just a, a side note the other one which is i think kind of a my thoughts on that court case being a microcosm or my thoughts on the film uh, is that one, um, and maybe having seen it a few more times, y'all know better than me, but the entire movie I just kept, because like, I know why he's there. Like Luke Wilson is there to be the like one dimensional hot boy that Elwood Woods gets his reward, which is fine. Like, that's cool. Okay. Oh, but I, disagree. I, did keep... I disagree so wholeheartedly with that. Okay. I disagree so All right. wholeheartedly. Okay. Well, that's interesting that, that I'm, I'm glad that I brought that up. Cause I kept, that is maybe, that is maybe the most wrong thing you've said in this. Wow. Wait, that's the most wrong thing I've said. Oh my God. Okay. Well, cause I would say that is, I would say that is the most divorced from reality. The the other things are subjective. That is just false. Oh my God. Okay. Cause like, well, because Wilson, the other thing with Wilson, again, you, again, having watched it a few times, you might have a better grasp on this, but I kept turning to my roommate and just being like, wait, what is his job? Like, what does this man do? Because, like, in the first scene, I'm like, okay, he's like a third year, you know, student at the law school. And then I was like, wait, he's in the same class as her. Like, he's a student teacher, but you don't have student teachers in doctoral programs. And then he works for the law firm and he's at the court. And I was like, wait, is he just a professor? He's also a, he's a partner in this law firm. What in the hell? I'm like, like that was confusing to me luke wilson so we we can after this we can talk about luke wilson's more because clearly i've ruffled some more feathers but like the back half is my a microcosm of my thoughts in the film because i'm like this is well plotted uh the turn like the 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 way that she solves the case makes a hundred percent both plot and character sense it is uh you know pretty well directed pacing's really good um especially given the fact that it is the last third of the movie is just that court case um i and and then this is me not being a bad straight man this is me being a bad cinema sins boy because i was the whole time i was just like just fucking tell him what the alibi is who gives a shit she's gonna go to jail like what you know like that which i know i get it that's just a it's a plot contrivance in the film and it makes sense character wise, but it did kind of annoy me. And I know that I'm wrong for being annoyed by that, but yeah, that's, it's the, the, the back half of the film. It's just a, a microcosm of my thoughts in general. I think it's very well tuned. I get why people like it, but there are things that annoyed me about it. And so I think it's just okay. Okay. 
Talk to me about Luke Wilson. Talk to me about Luke Wilson. Okay. So like Tell me why I, I'm wrong. Okay. I think I think I think a, <laughs> I love you so much. You are such a good friend of mine. I think so I much of what too. you have said on this podcast is like is just categorically incorrect. Okay. But the 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 difference is all of the stuff you say about like your feelings on the movie, what you like, like how the characters hit you, those are feelings based. Those are subjective. Sure. So the reason why I'm like so up in arms about your take on Luke Wilson's character is mm -hmm. because for the entirety, yeah, yes, at the very end, in the epilogue, in the the classic 2000s, um, you know, where we're doing just three lines of text at the end of the movie to let you know where the yeah. characters go. Yes, it does say that they they get together, but there's not like a hint of like there's there's no romance between the two of them it's very professional for most of it um and he is like he is the only one who takes her seriously and mm -hmm. in a lot of just in in most movies in general the relationship the relationship arc of the characters runs parallel to the like the plot you know and frequently either either the act of the two of of the of the guy and the girl getting together is either the key to like figuring is is the key to solving the problem in the third act sure or vice versa you know what i mean it's it's either like right right before we hop into act three they they confess some feeling those feelings get out and either they kiss and then they can take it on together or now that they've overcome whatever emotions they have for one another and they can be open and honest and they can go and fight the whatever 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 yeah um, yeah, yeah they can fight the dragon and win yeah. the war from minute love. one in this movie like he sees her like she's obviously flustered he asks what's up he helps her throughout the entire movie he helps her for no personal gain that's the thing which is yeah. actually extremely uncommon in movies in which even even in movies where there's that revolve around women it's very frequently if there is a if there is a male character who's like helping them it's either it's either devious and he's trying to get something frequently her or like sex or like whatever you know or it's like it's either devious like that or the whole thing is oh well isn't it great that this man came into her life who could help her and also will like jump her bones and isn't that a good thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. and yeah he's a very one-dimensional character i will give you that but he is there like the whole the whole point is he's the only one in this movie he's the only one in any position above her in this movie who takes her seriously and he does so for for no gain just because she's a human being and you know the thing with his character is he always opens the door for her but he doesn't do anything beyond that it's like, you know, he's the one who at the very beginning, she's having troubles with the class. He gives her tips. What does he get out of that? Nothing. Um, later in the movie, when um, when like Callahan's trying to get the alibi out of her and he's the only one who's like, hey, like, I get it. Like, that's good. Like, you have your morals and you're sticking to them. I get it. Like, he supports her that. What does he get out of that? Objectively, nothing. Same thing too in the end. When, uh, when she's like, oh shit, I need a lawyer to be with me so that I can actually defend the case. He says, I am a lawyer, I'll help you out. He opens the door for her. She does everything. He doesn't say, he doesn't say like a word until the cross-exam, or and the cross-examination is even before that. The cross-examination with, yeah. um, what's his face? I, and I forget, Enrique. Um, mm -hmm. So he does that cross-examination, but when she pins Chutney, which like first of side note, what a great name. Um, what an absurd yeah, name. Yeah, Love right? it. Um, yeah. when, when she pins Chutney for the murder, uh, Emmett opens the door for her and she walks through and she takes care of everything herself, which I think is very important. And there's not a hint of romance between them. Like, I don't even think the actors play it with any sort of like romantic or sexual like uh, chemistry. A little bit there. 
a little bit there. But that might just so. be me. It I think you're just seeing a man the, and a woman yeah. talking to each other in a movie and they're both pretty. So you assume that there's something there. Yeah, perhaps, like, perhaps that is a thing. But they don't even, and it's not even like a, it's not even like a, oh, we've won the case. Now I can finally tell you, I love you. It's like, it's like, we've won the case. Hooray, Elle, you did it. I am Luke Wilson. I am, I am Emmett. I am supporting you. Hooray, congratulations. You did it. And then like three years later, it's like, oh, and by the way, and they've been dating. Like they, they started yeah. dating, like sometime between the last scene and the scene, they started dating. And like, yeah. I think that's important. I think it's really important to have a character like that because it's and, not, and, even today that's not common. Even yes. today that's extremely uncommon. Even in movies like, I mean, even in like modern like action blockbusters where it's supposed to be about how badass like some of these women characters are, you know, like the, the, there's, they still have to have a boyfriend throughout the movie. Yeah. And like, the other movie that Carson's wrong about, Age of Ultron, Black Widow, and Black Widow has to be dating the Hulk. I mean, but they're not. They're, they're not dating. They have, they have tension. Um, One day I, we'll do an Age of Ultron episode and we'll really hash that out because I think that'd be kind of fun. I, I okay. Um, One a thousand day. Patreon subscribers will do. Yes, we will Age do of Age of Ultron and we'll, we'll really get to the, the other, I think maybe objectively wrong take I have, which is that that's a good romance. Um, yeah, it's whatever. We, sorry, sorry, Caroline. Oh, I didn't no, mean to good. cut you off. Can I jump in here on this part that really fast? <laughs> What'd you say, Corey? I said, can I, can I jump yeah, in yes, here on this part yeah. really fast? I think it's really important to acknowledge that like we never see them kiss. We never see them yes. embrace. It's, it's all. And I think that's one of the reasons that this movie works on that level that Caroline's describing is that it's never about her or their relationship or any like sexual thing between the two yes. of them. It's, it's purely about him loving her for her intelligence and her strength and what she has. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, and I mean, even beyond that, it's like, I mean, we assume we assume he loves her for those reasons, but like the movie isn't even interested in that. Like, 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 it's, it's not correct. even yeah. like, it's not even important to it's not important to like the movie. It's not important to the story. It's not, you know, that like we see that it's just it's just the thing is, is it's like throughout the movie, they establish that he is he is a man who is at least halfway decent you know like he's he does nothing abject he does nothing for personal gain and so it's like we assume by the end we assume by the end that that's the reasons that he falls for her because he's been respectful and good and helpful to her the whole movie but like we it's not even like a it's not even like a ladies this is the kind of man you should go for or gentlemen this is the kind of man you should be if you're gonna like if you want to get like a girlfriend it's like literally just like you see these two characters who are just decent people to one another and then like when you get to that end and it's showing like the graduation scene and it just says like they've been dating you're like oh my god yes and like you are on board with it even though you haven't even actually seen a second of it because it's so rare that we actually get relationships like that on screen and i, I don't mean like I romantic agree. relationships i just mean like relationships yeah. period just a man and a woman who respect each other right and i think yeah. I mean, to some degree i will say to some degree that does come at the expense of emmett being like like a fully like fleshed out character in terms of like, he doesn't really have an arc. It's not really one of those things where their relationship can carry a whole movie because it's like, but it mm -hmm. doesn't have to, like, it's not about yeah. that. It's like, it's yeah. like he, he, he is there as a functionary character in the story because like in real life, like not everybody has a story arc in real life. And yeah. like in the world of this movie, she needs somebody to open the door and, that person can't be anybody but a, like a, a, a man. Send that's tweet. A, yeah, that's probably the best. I you know I think right there at the end, I, I don't disagree with anything you said, but I think right there, that's probably the best argument for why he's an important aspect of the film because it's another layer of, another layer of um, commentary on the way that you gain access to these institutions. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's fine. 
He's okay. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I would like to end this episode by just saying that I'm truly sorry. And I, I think that if at any point in the future we do a live show that we should do sort of a, just a booing, just like everyone gets to boo me <laughs> for about 10 seconds, just to like, just get, just to get it out. Oh, okay. Where well, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, we'll put that one. Uh, you know what? And I'll take it. I'll take it with, with, with pride. Uh, wow. Well, wow. 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 Okay. Um, this is why, do you remember when I was like, let's record when, because we were recording two episodes today. I was like, let's do Legally Blonde first. It was, it was, it was because I didn't want to end the recording session on such a sour note. <laughs> is that why? Okay. Yes, okay. absolutely. No, that's, that's funny. That's funny. I, I did not mm-hmm. know that. Um, well then I hope, I hope that means that Oh God, I can't even envision our calendar. The, I hope that means that the episode we're going to record next, which is not the one uh-huh. that comes out next week. I hope that means no. you'll enjoy that movie. I love it, Caroline. Okay. I love it. <laughs> well, I we'll love get to that it. in like two weeks or maybe we did that. No, we didn't do it last week. I think we're no, going to do that in couple. two weeks. It's next it week. Is next week? It's next week. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. oh yeah, we well, flip-flopped. We flip-flopped a couple episodes, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Blonde drops in two days, and then uh, cheerleader is in. Well, um, I mean, I think that that's as good a segue as anything. Um, mm-hmm. Carson, do you have any last-minute thoughts on Legally Blonde? No. Okay, Corey. I wanna, I'm excited to watch the music. What if he was just what? What if he was just like I've punked you this whole <laughs> what time? I, was like, I love. I this. created a straw man of myself. Solely to give you no, that'd be wild. No, I'm. I, you know what I'll say? I'm excited to watch the. I am legitimately excited to watch the musical. I do think that I'll like it more. Okay, Corey. Any last minute thoughts on your end? None. This is okay. this is so much different than it's I was been, expecting. But just literally a spectacular episode. Like, and 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 I'm not upset by it. Like, I think that stuff like this makes for a much more interesting discussion. Yeah. But like, I have this so like, many thoughts and opinions about this movie that i didn't even say like which is fine like because that's not important um this is like if i had started the paddington episode by being like i hate bears (laughs) all right well i guess uh corey do you want to tell do you want to tell all the 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 nice people listening where they can find us on social media you can uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash HHYNS podcast to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and letterboxed at HHYNS pod. And make sure you turn in next week for the But I'm a Cheerleader episode to hear all about our Patreon. Yeah. And where you can follow us there. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know that we've announced the movie. So, I mean, Corey, you just said it, but like, yeah. I think that's the first time Oops, they're actually sorry. hearing it. No, that's fine. That's great. Um, As Corey said, Carson, the. <laughs> you already know this because you've already. Take a shot of water. We record these out of order. But um, but next week and in about fifteen minutes, we are going to be discussing the 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 nineteen ninety nine film. But I am a cheerleader. I don't know anything about that movie. Now, when you when dear listener, when you boot up next week's episode, Carson's brain is going to be just wiped. He's not going to know anything. That that is that is true. It'll it'll it's going to be a real Men in Blacking. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that's it um, for us, you guys. Um, Have a good week, and we hope to see you guys next week. See you next time.